I think you're squeaking, Joe, and I don't know whether it's... It's either my water bottle or it might be my coil. <laughs> don't be ridiculous. I haven't got one anymore. Um, <laughs> how's that? <laughs> I'll stop move it creaking. That'll be my bones. I'll try and sit still. Do you want me to say some things again that I creaked through? <laughs> no, just stop creaking, Joe. <laughs> a new series of Thanks a Million, obviously. Hello, series four. Endless late nights. And having the choice to hibernate if that's still your want. There are a million things I'm thankful for today, but what is my guest thankful for? I just love the sound of it to the extent that I thought I'm going to try and manufacture it. And so I actually bought an app with geese noises on it. I'm Angela Scanlon and welcome to Thanks A Million, where we explore our guests' personal gratitude lists to find out the things that have shaped their lives. To kick off series four, I am joined by much loved BAFTA winning comedian and panel show extraordinaire, Joe brand. The host of The Great British Bake Off, an extra slice which I adore, she wrote and starred in the BBC's Getting On, partly inspired by her former life as a psychiatric nurse and co-wrote and starred in two series of the sitcom Damned for Channel 4 about social workers. Joe is also a sports relief stalwart, raising over 1.2 million when she walked 140 miles across the north of England from Hull to Liverpool. She has written several highly acclaimed best-selling books, including comedy history books, three novels and two autobiographies. Her novel, I don't know why I said autobiographies, but you know, she's done two of them. Her novel, The More You Ignore Me, about mental illness, Morrissey and guinea pigs was also made into a film starring Sheridan Smith and won Best Comedy at the National Film Awards. As you'll hear in this episode, I have met Jo only once, but she is just a beautiful, wonderful presence. And anyone who has worked with her will say the same. She's quite a one. (laughs) Jo's Thanks a Million answers are some of the most unique and unusual I think we have ever had. I expected, in fairness, nothing less. They'll both surprise and delight you, or at least that's what I hope. Before we get into it, I want to know what you are thankful for. Get in touch on Instagram at Angela Scanlon and let me know the little things that you are thankful for and they may be featured in the next episode. Our chat covers animals and nature, jellyfish, men, of course it is Joe after all, women, obviously it is Joe after all, hitchhiking and angel delight. This is the light relief we all need to start series four so I really, really hope you enjoyed it as ever with any comedian. Some jokes can be a little close to the bone. So if you're easily offended, fuck off. (laughs) Here we go. It's Joe Brand. Hi, Hi, Joe. You're right. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Yeah, good. Good, good. Um, thank you so much for um for doing this today. Well, you're very welcome, but save that till afterwards because you might not be thinking that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I did I did listen to a few podcasts you've done recently and in one, I think it was with Rob um Beckett and Josh Widdicombe, and there was a chat about enthusiastic people, and I thought I'm gonna have to dial it down a bit. I'm like a friggin' <laughs> Labrador. And so <laughs> I thought, okay, this is, today I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to sit back. 
I'm going to be a bit chill oh instead dear. of. <laughs> Sorry about that. What did I wonder why I said that? Probably just because I, I was in a bad said... mood enthusiastic people were just like I mean you didn't use the word repulsive but like you sounded <laughs> you sounded pretty repulsed <laughs> but I think that feels like it's on brand rather than in your soul because I think you know there's a softness there isn't there oh yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> you know it's all a, it's all a mirage really it's all- Really, I'm it's like all a mirage. the only nice nun ever. That's what I'm yes. like. Yes, really. yeah. I mean, you'd make a book nun, as my mom would say. <laughs> a book nun, whatever that means. I feel like it means, I don't know what it means. Anyway, she used to say to me. So how are you today? Do you know what? I'm I'm pretending to be cheerful. To, no, I'm not pretending. Oh, no. no, 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 no. But I think what I actually like about doing these sort of things is it forces your your mood to go up because you can't yeah. just sit there and go oh god my life's terrible and <laughs> it's, it's not terrible but you know I think a lot of people have struggled during lockdown um, yeah. but this kind of forces you to forget that for a bit so that's good totally and I, I actually remember um saying to my husband is not that he's chirpy but he um he doesn't allow himself to um I was going to say experience his feelings to wallow in his feelings let's say um and I remember one year it was a particularly tough period in my life he was asking about new year's resolutions and I said do you know what my new year's resolution this year is to get dressed every day and he was like that's not a new year's resolution and I said no like (laughs) that is a punchy one for me and I think that same thing about lockdown or about you know when you work in a job that doesn't require you to get up every day regardless yeah it's it's really useful to sometimes you're like I can't be arsed doing this but actually you usually leave feeling lifted no absolutely well my my uh, big brother Bill he is relentlessly positive even about like really awful things to the point that sometimes I just want him to say something really negative you know Mm -hmm. um he'll always kind of go for yes but you know at least they didn't suffer you know all those kind of cliches and I just want him to go oh it's all really shit and it's just absolutely once. shit. Yeah, but also I think there's a time and a place. Like I would think, no, I was going to say I think I'm a positive person. I have had to like work really hard on that old muscle to like seek out the good. Because um, I think I'm probably naturally quite fearful <laughs> of the world. <laughs> wow. um, but actually... I think you sometimes want a little beat, don't you, before you get the positivity rammed down your throat? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's necessarily inappropriate to be a bit fearful of the world either, quite <laughs> honestly. You know, not yeah. of, not overwhelmed by it, but it's mm-hmm. sensible to just have a little percentage of you going, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. So is there something specific that you are grateful for today, Joe? Well, what it seems like such a kind of tiny thing, but it's something that doesn't happen to me every day. And when it does happen, I love it. And that is hearing geese flying overhead. 
Stop it. Where I do you live? Just, well, I mean, I live in South East London and there's obviously a yeah. pond nearby. Well, there is because there's a park just down the road. Um, yeah. And so this will happen maybe, I don't know, once, twice a week or maybe sometimes once a month. But I just love the sound of it to the extent that I thought I'm going to try and manufacture it. And so I actually bought an app with geese noises on it. And I thought I can put that on when I feel miserable. But do you know what? It just wasn't the same. It's kind of when it's spontaneous, it's lovely. But when you switch it on, when you've had a row with your husband, it doesn't work. (laughs) So what is a what is a goose? What do they sound like? Oh, don't make me do an impression of a goose. You've got enough. You've listened to them enough. I just feel like holding my phone up and turning my app on. They go, like, life's great. Hello. No, they do. Of course they get don't. Get dressed, bitches. Exactly. <laughs> Stop your moaning. We're having a whale of a time. So they're in a V overhead. Indeed. And that feels quite hopeful, doesn't it? I, I think it does. Like, for example, if you hear a crow sitting on a tree outside your house, you immediately think... You know, horror film, don't Death. you? Because I, yeah, exactly. Because they go, yeah. see, I can do that. Yeah. I can do the good. bad sounds. I can't do oh, yeah. the, the joyful <laughs> ones. It's true, though. You know, when a crow is near, that like some small creature is going to die. Exactly. Or big creature. Well, yeah, or big. <laughs> can they take out cats? <laughs> cats as well. <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah, sometimes yes. Yeah, okay. They're quite vicious, aren't they? But yeah, geese overhead. I love that. And are you like into nature? That sounds like a silly question, but I think everyone's slightly more switched on to that at the moment. I think they are. I'm. I'm not Chris Packham into nature. Okay. I like. <laughs> I, mean, I like. No, I like Chris Packham, but I yeah. don't have his dedication to you know. Knowing yeah. what every species is and what time of year things do what. Uh, but well, uh, well, I feel like Chris has more of an affinity. And I think he would say this. It's not me making judgment. Like, I think he likes animals more than humans. Yeah, I absolutely. Get, I've worked with him quite a few times and I'm very fond yeah. of him. But I know exactly what you mean. And, you know, animals can't help you with the crossword, can they? Or make the tea. <laughs> So that, that's, I think they have quite a lot of shortcomings. They look yeah. amazing and they're very faithful friends. Well, mm-hmm. crows aren't, dogs are, obviously, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, but dogs, I would think of all the animal world, are enthusiastic. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. they are. But that's not a turn off for you. Um, <laughs> is it a turn off? It is <laughs> if they're too enthusiastic. I like okay. them to just rein it in a bit. You know, so the ones that are like eight foot tall and they do that on your shoulders. I don't like them. (laughs) Yeah, like horse dogs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They look really cute on Instagram. Well, not cute. They look um, they look good on Instagram, but like quite, quite terrifying. Absolutely. God, those huge hounds. How does anyone live with one of them? in their house? They must eat half the fridge every day. I don't understand it. Well, like Beethoven, remember that poor old dog was left alone oh. in that house and he absolutely ripped it to bits. Absolutely. And also dogs with drooling jowls. Yuck. You know, those I ones know. that all over you. Yuck. Yeah. You, I, I feel like you don't have a dog, Joe. do you? I do have a dog, actually. Do you? But, <laughs> but not a slobbering <laughs> mess. 
It's really out of character for me because actually my daughter, who's 20 um, and doesn't live with us anymore, she mm-hmm. chose it. Uh, I wanted kind of a Labrador or a Collie or something like that because I grew up yeah. in the country. She wanted something that looked rather nice in a handbag. So, okay. so that's what we've got. So what did you end up with? A cockapoo? Uh, no, we ended up with uh, an Italian bichon, which this bit's good for me, is called a bolognese. So <laughs> bring some I spaghetti round. And, mm, mm, oh, mm. that's so cute. So she chose the dog and then left. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously that was a kind of in the natural scheme of things. She didn't, she didn't sort of go, right, I'm going now, I've chosen the dog. She just left a baby kind of, on the doorstep. No, exactly. She just got older. And okay. um, so, you know, and uh, she's, she's sort of not been gone long. So I'm sure at one point she'll come and claim her. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Um, and you've just recently, I know I mentioned Instagram and dogs of Instagram. They're good. Um, how, how are you finding Instagram? Because you're like relatively late arrival, but like punchy numbers for a year in. Well, thank you for saying so. Um <laughs> Yeah, that was all the influence of my daughters again. I've got an 18-year-old okay. and a 20-year-old, and they yeah. both sort of said, well, why don't you have a go? Yeah. To be honest, I was a bit nervous of Twitter, because... I, I mean, rightly so, oh, to be fair. It can be a bit, um, <clears throat> can't it, really? Yeah. yeah. And especially it's... for someone like me, who's got such a gob on her, that a lot of the time I don't mean to be horrible, but somehow I am, apparently. <laughs> I don't know how well, that you know happens. What? You miss the tone. Like, obviously, you can say something and there's like, you know, yeah, there's no, there's no... Um, nuance. Yeah, no nuance on Twitter. And people are just literally sitting there waiting for you to say something that may be, you know, taken as unkind or unacceptable or whatever. Absolutely. And I think everybody finds it really hard, although it's unrealistic, that some people don't like them. We all do, you know. And so even if you think, well, these are the values I have, and so it's not unusual that someone that has the opposite values uh, might not like you very much, it's still kind of a bit of a shock when someone lays into you. Yeah, yeah. And do you think that's because you have spent decades being applauded (laughs) that that you're like, oh, if somebody doesn't like you, it feels like more of a shock to the system. Uh, Yeah, I suppose it is something to do with that. But I also think it's something to do with actually when you're a performer, you're a very exaggerated part of yourself. And because I'm not really like that, it's quite weird because I go on stage and I go, oh, I hate men or they're awful. Let's kill them all or they're revolting. <laughs> like for, yeah. a, for a joke. Um, yeah. But people a lot of the time think that that's really me, you know. Yeah. And also I do jokes about my husband. And I get people saying to me, oh, why don't you just divorce him then? Uh, the well, poor man. That was a jo- that was a joke, you know. Oh, no. I don't know. It's just which kind of kills the momentum for you, doesn't it? You're like, for fuck's sake, I can't <laughs> signpost them all. <laughs> exactly. And I think actually one day I will actually just have to put a photo of me on Instagram, actually trying to kill him to, yeah. to satisfy all those people that want me to do it. You know. Yeah. Well, I love you being on Instagram. It's I am not Joe Brandt for anyone who wants to follow. And you should. What are you doing, frankly, if you're not? Joe, the thank fuck for this 
Is there a thing that you would be lost without? Well, it's very boring and it's kind of a very... And there it is. It's water. Oh. But not in the form that you're consuming it because I don't actually like plain water. Okay. I like fizzy water because it's... Oh, I love... It's pop. It is. It's like pop, isn't it? It's like (laughs) kind of like at least, you know, I'm on a sort of 30 calorie a day diet. (laughs) At least I can have some fizzy water and pretend (laughs) it's champagne or lemonade Mm. or something. Perrier, (laughs) monsieur. Yeah. Uh, But I like water in some of its forms. I like rain. Yes, uh, okay. Because I think I have slightly weird ideas about rain, but... um, so what are the ideas about rain? Well, one is that I, I find it much easier going out in the rain because you have to put so much stuff round you that people yeah. don't recognise you so easily. Okay. And I know that's that sort of sounds sort of weird. It's not that I'm unfriendly, but it's just that some days people don't realise that you're not the same all the time and that sometimes you don't want someone to come up to you and go oh what a ridiculous little dog you've got or you know I had you what's Paul Hollywood like yeah uh, yeah exactly all those things um most of the time I don't mind but I like being able to disguise myself and when it's raining I can do a really good job whereas in the summer you can't can you because you've got to have everything out if you know what I mean yeah Yeah. I do know what you mean your hair your head yeah, your head exposed for all to see. <laughs> Have you quite enjoyed then the whole mask business? Loved it. Okay. Although when I went you... to get my jab, someone went, oh, hello, Joe," And I had my mask on, so it, it wasn't working a treat. But I think it's because I had like a, a sort of um, bandana thing on, which I do okay. wear from time to time. Also, I imagine even if somebody hasn't clocked you, as soon as you speak, they're like... <gasps> Absolutely, I know. No. And I do get called sir on the phone quite a lot. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> it's sexy and husky, Of course bastards. it is. I'm, I said to um, Tom Reed Wilson that I'm going to swap voices him. with him for a week. Because to me, he sounds just like Julie Andrews in The Sound yeah. of Music. Well, I always thought more hyacinth bouquet. I <laughs> I remember doing a thing with him and I, I kept saying to him, is that like... Are are you a real <laughs> like is this a is this your thing or is this you? Yeah. He's an enchanting human. He is, isn't he? He feels like he's not really from the land of the humans. He's no, too enchanting. And I, yeah, I'd say he hasn't either he's had a lot of lives here or he's never been on earth before. Yeah. Is my sense. I sense um, that as well. <laughs> yeah. And so other forms of water, aren't you into cold water swimming? I love a bit of cold water swimming. Also, I just say, I think people are nicer in the rain. And oh. that's, that's you You probably edit this bit out, but no, I, no, I don't on. think rapists go out quite so often when it's raining. <laughs> that's such a weird thing to think, I know. Oh my God. I know. Why don't or people attacking so? people. I think they're sort of wimpy really by nature yeah so yeah sorry about that yeah no I I hear what you're saying and I do think maybe I mean that's at the extreme end I know I know I feel bad that I've even said it sorry no 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 don't let yourself 
be free. Yeah, maybe people are nicer because they're like bracing <laughs> themselves against, you know, something they have no control over. Maybe it reminds you of your insignificance. And so you tend to be a bit more polite because we're in it together. Well, I, I think, hope so. And mm. if you're listening to this and you're not nice when it's raining, can you try and be a bit nicer when it's raining? Yeah, pull yourself together. Exactly. I do think, though... Um, the sun, even though it's May and I'd quite like to see a bit of it, it, it brings out the worst in people. <laughs> oh, it really does. I mean, people riot when it's 40 degrees. Why yeah. do they do that? Why don't you riot when it's cold? Because you get yeah. really hot when you're rioting. Yeah. Or is that what bothered. makes them riot? Because they're so cross, I don't know. I would I would definitely, if it was 40 degrees, I'd be out there front and centre rioting as well. <laughs> but like, I think it brings out, people get cocky. They drink cans, they get a bit of a tan and they think they're fab. Yeah, Obviously that doesn't happen to me. But <laughs> I think it, yeah, it brings out like the slightly, um, I don't know, misogynist love of the sun, I feel. I, I think you're right. There you go. And non-misogynists <laughs> love the rain. So there we are. We've sorted, That's why we love sorted it. them out weather-wise. Yeah, perfect. Okay, it's good to know. And then the wild, wild swimming, is that what you call it? Or are you Lido or would you do a river? Do you go in the sea? I love swimming in the sea. Um, yeah. I don't, uh, it depends where you are because up until this point, if you went to like somewhere warmer, you, you tend to get quite a lot of jellyfish. So I'm not dead keen on them. Yeah. Um, because you know that if you get stung by a jellyfish, you have to get someone to wee on it. So that's oh, always oh, a bit yeah. unpleasant. Yeah. And it doesn't work if it's your own wee, is that right? Apparently not, no. Yeah. So that's, okay. imagine if you were on your own and you had to go around the beach looking for a likely <laughs> candidate. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope it's sunny and it's some lad has got his cans and his tan out. You're like, please, okay, I know you're a misogynist, but please pee on my leg. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I love swimming in the sea um, in a sort of coldish climate. Rivers are a bit different, I think, because you're never quite sure what's at the bottom of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like mu- there's a lot of mud in rivers. I once went swimming in a lake with Bill Bailey okay. and it was sort of like past our knees mud wise as we were trying to wade in. And then that means that you just fall over and drown, which obviously is... <laughs> Not very exciting. No. So yeah, uh, lakes nice, but also the a bit other... spooky though. Yeah, a little bit spooky. Thinking how far, do... what's underneath yeah. you, mm. the lost graveyard of yeah somewhere Egypt. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, that lost. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, but I do. I do love a. a a bit of cold water swimming I have to say you feel like you can kind of do anything once you've handled a freezing pool no I reckon so and also the thing about the sea is that actually it's much warmer than lakes because Mm. it takes much longer to cool down much longer to heat up and I did like a, um, a sea swim in February in Swansea with this lovely guy called Jim the Swim, bless him. I shouldn't, I shouldn't diss him really, but he was like, oh, I'm, I go in every day and I'm in for hours and all this. We'd been in there about 10 minutes and his lips started to turn blue. Oh. And he was like, we had to say, come out, you know. And I was like, this is great, come on, Jim. And uh, no, apparently that was just a bad day for him. Oh no, and so do you wear the little sock thingies? Do I? No. Yeah. No, no. that's hardcore, Joe. Well, I don't, I've never worn a wetsuit either. I always oh, go well in just, just me old fashioned lady cosy on. 
I mean, it's the best way, but I do think sometimes when the cold gets into the bones in your feet or your hand, I sometimes have to flap my hands around for a while to keep my hands up. But yeah, it's great. Um, Okay, so water in all its forms bar drinking apart from sparkling. Fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a thank you next? So this is, you know, a chapter of your life that you're glad to see the back of but maybe you know got something out of it well I would say all the hellish men that I met when I was a teenager (laughs) and were there many loads yeah yeah because it didn't take them long to chuck me so it's like next next you know um and I think the thing is it's a very weird thing like if you're absolutely gorgeous then you don't really get any sense of how it feels to be desperate Um, You know, obviously, I'm not saying that happens all the time. But I think also if you're if you're kind of like me, I don't dislike the way that I look, but I know that I'm not pretty and I know that um, I'm not sort of what, what kind of men go for because I'm not thin and I don't have like long flowing locks and and lovely eyelashes and all that bollocks and um so you know, it's very hard for like really attractive women to understand the mental state of of not so attractive women and the mm-hmm. other way around. So I would say as a teenager, I got quite a lot of knockbacks, but also kind of like horrible ones. Uh, not, okay. not them really meaning to be horrible, but just them being so dismissive. And when you're really keen on someone, to be dismissed as a teenage girl is pretty hard work emotionally. It's- crushing mm, absolutely you know and I think you kind of yeah you you tune into this person and their rejection feels like it's going to be forever they are representative of every man you'll ever meet it's like yeah one one strike and and you're gone oh absolutely I mean when I was about 14 I suppose there's this sort of boy about four or five years older who I fancied for ages and I had um, a German exchange student come and stay with me and God bless her, her name was Gertrude, right? Okay. And yeah. she sort of looked like a Gertrude. And it wasn't right. that she wasn't attractive because she was, but her hair was terrible and her clothes were even worse. Right. And so um, a friend of mine said, well, why don't you sort of try and help her dress up and, and kind of look nice? So I did her hair, did her makeup, lent her some of my clothes and she got off with this boy that I fancied for ages. And that was kind of my fault, I felt, in a way. Because if I'd not done that... you, like, tarted her up and brought her out? Mm. (laughs) That is a shocker. Serves me right. Oh, my God. And so did you kill her? (laughs) Well, I thought I'd better not, because that would have been a bit like (laughs) starting the war again. But I I was really unhappy about it, you know, because I felt I was getting somewhere with with him but that just goes to show the fickleness of your expectations doesn't it really yeah yeah and also the fickleness of men I remember being in Italy Irish dancing now I was a very very awkward teenager I was a redhead which I hated and was not really the thing I hope you don't hate it now because I don't red is my favorite color of hair I think it's delicious thank you I do love it now and actually I have a a daughter who has she's more strawberry blonde but I I do I love it now but you know when you're a teenager and you all want to look the same as everybody else yeah 
And I remember being in Italy and this lad called Emiliano and, you know, we had a bit of a thing. And then out of nowhere, I found out he had gone off with one of the girls and I was it was probably the first time I'd ever really kissed anyone. And he was like this wildly handsome man. And I was so awkward. He was actually a creature looking back. But I remember how upsetting it was to kind of feel like you've literally been discarded. Uh, uh, You know, and that teenage years is so vulnerable anyway. It's a pretty hard time, isn't it? You've two teenage, well, slightly older than teenage now, 20 and 18, is uh, 20 it? and 18, Okay, yeah. and how were their teenage years? Well, better than mine, I have to say, yeah. because they're both nice looking, which thank you to the genetic makeup of my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are a very attractive oh, woman, Oh, shut Jill. up. I'm driving that. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Well, thank you for saying so. I do, mm. I do. And I actually, I've only been in your company once after Bake Off and I, you just are such a gorgeous presence. So I'm, yeah, anyway, sorry. Back to your kids. <laughs> well, they, they've kind of sort of done better than I did, I think. But I mean, circumstances were very different when I was a teenager Um, Mm -hmm. You know, our kind of home life was a bit blighted by the fact that my dad was a very difficult person to live with. So, and his standards were like, you know, unmeetably high in terms of how a teenager should behave. So uh, it was just very, very difficult. And uh, hopefully it's not like that with ours. Yeah, I do think, you know, on the side of like awkward teenagers and the idea that actually if you're you know, attractive by whatever standard is in vogue at the time. I think there are people that I know, like, let's say, that were the really good-looking girls at school. And I think sometimes, and I mean, I'm obviously sweeping generalizations here, but, like, sometimes there's no necessity for those people to really try. You know, people come into their lives, they're the cool girl, they're the pretty girl, they get guys, whatever. And... They don't necessarily build the old personality age. Oh, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And it sort yeah. of, it does kind of show in a way if, if um, you know, um, someone hasn't had to make an effort. And I think the problem with very handsome men as well is that, mm-hmm. that men are doing much better in society still that, than we are as women. Yeah. And so to have that double, um, you know, bonus on top of being extremely good looking as well makes some of those men kind of fairly unbearable I think obnoxious Mm, absolutely yeah but yeah apparently some women like that well (laughs) good luck to them yeah exactly yeah good luck to them scoop them up quick before our (laughs) girls are out there Thanks that got away, Joe. Well, um, for me, I think that it's the sort of thanks that you're a bit too, you can't quite believe what's gone on. Um, and so you sort of forget to be polite, really. And I suppose okay. for me, one that I particularly remember is me and my friend Andy were hitchhiking in France when we were in our, we well, probably about 20 years old. And this guy picked us up. A really lovely guy, he was a doctor actually, a GP. 
and he drove us about 70 miles this town we wanted to go to and then when we were getting out of the car we realized that we'd left the bag with our passports and all our money by the side of the road where he picked us up and so oh. in our kind of O-level French, we, we sort of tried to explain to him. And he did, he did understand, thank God. And he drove us back again. Oh, my God. And, and picked it up and then drove us back again to the town that we wanted to go to and then took us out to dinner. Uh, you know, and a lot of cynical people would think, surely he's after a threesome or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he was just such a delightful, kind person. And it wasn't, we did say thank you, but because it was in a different language, I feel that we didn't say thank you effusively enough. And I wish I'd known better French so I could really yeah. say how unbelievable we thought what he'd done was, you know. Oh, wow. But I guess it's only with a bit of time and distance that you realise he could have killed you. So not only going back to get the, the bag with the passports, like it was such a, you know, you hear those horror stories oh, yeah. of hitchhikers. So that's like fairy tale kind of stuff. Absolutely. I also think it's quite important to thank people for not killing you as well. Totally. <laughs> you can. And I think, you know, the hitchhiking thing, I did do that when I, on my own a couple of times. Not, I know. But it's very different with another person, I think. Or maybe it's not. Maybe I'm uh, just As saying. in, because you were with Andy, it was, you were yeah, a bit it was a, livelier. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was yeah. a bit safer. But that's not necessarily the truth. I don't watch horror films, so does that happen quite a lot in horror films? Do you... Yeah, I, I think it does quite a bit happen. <laughs> with with couples? <laughs> yeah, oh, or okay. like just generally, I think. So I spent a year in Australia with them... Um, with three friends we had like basically a high ace van that we used to that w there was a mattress in the back and we'd like lie crossways in it and I mean it was ridiculous we were in our early 20s so we were too tight or broke to pay for like the campsite entry so we'd drive our yellow van up to in like residential areas on the side of the road it was too hot to sleep in it with the door closed so we'd open the door and put a towel over the open door and have our legs basically draping out the side of the van and I think now how we did not get that is that is quite risky isn't it it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous but like also really insulting that no one ever came near us <laughs> I was like I can't imagine what the smell of the van was to turn off like the creeps from actually coming into a van of four sleeping women you know, I think it's actually pretty insulting. But anyway, it says more about us than them, maybe. So, do we know his name? No. Your French hero? No, didn't even get his name. Well, or I think maybe we, you forget we did it. get his name, but oh yeah. God, that's a long time ago. And I Fair. can't even remember the name of someone I met yesterday anymore. Okay, yeah. so, and he's know. lucky he made the cut. <laughs> yeah, indeed he is. <laughs> Francois, let's call him yes, Francois. let's call him that. <laughs> what is the present that you're most grateful for? I like a comedy present. And I also like a kind of unexpected, whimsical present. And I was trying to think... What have I got that I remember really well? And I decided that the thing I remember the most well 
was something that um, a stand-up that I knew in the very early days, who I don't think people would know who he is, but um, his name was Andy Linden and he's an actor okay. as well. Um, and for Christmas, he got me a tin of peas. <laughs> and I don't know why I just thought that was funny because it was, you know, I don't, uh, they were probably on offer and they were probably those horrible ones that look like they've got the plague. They're a bit of oh, a weird the marrow colour. Fat yeah. Ones those i know but it made me laugh and he he wrapped it up as well which i was impressed by i know i mean a cylinder is also quite punchy to wrap up it is it's difficult so yeah Yeah. from that point of view i've obviously i know not obviously but i have got lots of really lovely presents over the years but you know i I think that that was a memorable one because it was stupid (laughs) Yeah. And was it like a tie? I suppose maybe those things, you know, when you're at the beginning of your career, not that you you, I'm sure you could have bought a a tin of peas, but I think often like it's when you're in that position where you're not able to buy things for yourself that actually when people gift you with little things, even if they're not wildly luxurious, they feel more special. Absolutely. I mean, it's funny what we think a lot what we think's luxurious. And when I was a kid, I always used to think when I'm older, I'm going to buy a packet of strawberry angel (laughs) delight and eat it all on my own. Then I'm going to have a butterscotch one. Um, And actually somehow, and I did do it not that long ago. It was a bit of a disappointment to be honest. I know. But these things always are, so. I know. I used to eat raw jelly and I recently tackled a packet of shivlers or whatever it's called and I mean it's absolutely disgusting it tastes so synthetic but that was Saturday morning breakfast for me for years I know I, I used to like jelly oh, it's so yes. good. still it my like favorite dessert very very thick Haribo wasn't it really yeah, yeah, yeah. nice and I do think there's something that like maybe the angel delight thing. Yes, it might not taste exactly how you remember, but it, it brings you back, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. It does. Yeah. yeah. Those are the days. Those were the good old days. Things tasted better in the 1930s, <laughs> Angela. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Um, I was thinking I had a little thought there and I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. The idea of what was really fancy. I was, I, I was thinking recently. So I had an aunt. She's still alive. Um, she lived in London, moved over from Mayo. She's my dad's mum. No, she's my dad's sister. Sorry. She just upped and left 14 of them to fend for themselves. Um, but she, um, she used to, so she'd come back to Mayo to like their family home. And we as children would be, she'd lie on, on the bed and we'd all have to basically rub cream on her. And I remember what? thinking, I know, sorry. It sounds, my, I mean, mostly on her face and maybe on her hands, like probably her legs as well and but she would say oh you're giving me a facial now like my mom was not that way inclined so I we had no idea what the hell a facial was but I just remember thinking lads I what all I know is I want a life where I get to have a snooze while someone's rubbing my face like it felt like she was made what sort of cream was it was it like um like moisturizer or was Moistur- it oh yeah no not whipped double cream <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I should have clarified. It was Clarence or something. Oh, yes. One of those. You know, yeah, which days. in like the 90s felt su- like beauty flash bomb Absolutely. was, you know, the thing, wasn't it? I can't remember where, because I did Google this afterwards. But I think you had said somewhere, it was in reference to a potato. Are you Irish or are there, are there Irish connections? Yeah, my uh, my mum, my mum was from an Irish background. She was actually born in England, but her dad and mum were both Irish. No way. Because that's not very well, like even when I looked up your Wikipedia, I was like, oh, this feels like news to me. And then there was no, because usually like people kind of, no, not usually, but a lot of people lead with that, don't they? They do. They do. I mean, I think with me, it was my mum's early years were sort of shrouded in mystery. And so I, um, and in fact, what what happened was her her father and and mother split up when she was very young and her mother kept her brother and her father took her. And um, so she didn't actually meet up with her brother again until they were in their 60s. So I know it was all, and she did. And she was one of these people. I think her childhood was very difficult, and she just didn't want to talk about it. So okay. it took me a long time to find out what had gone on, really. Okay. So that's probably why I didn't blar okay. on about it. Uh, yeah, and I suppose also it was all, like in that era where probably it was quite difficult to be an Irish person over here, and so maybe that was slightly. Like I know friends of mine who've had grandparents who changed their accent, didn't want to, you know, it was easier to kind of blend in than Irish dance. Yes, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Have you been to Ireland? I'm sure you have. I have. Yes, yeah, okay. absolutely. Did you like it? Did it feel familiar on a soul level? <laughs> well, in, interestingly, I was kind of surprised and I don't mean this in any pejorative sense at all by how much of a foreign country it felt. Okay. Because I I think that I kind of went over thinking it was going to be exactly like England, which is a bit stupid of me, to be honest, and I obviously haven't thought it through. So many people think it, I think. Yeah, and I, I, I remember like doing clubs and people being really shocked by my material. Yeah. Um, but also, it would be, I suppose, if... Like, you know, you did London clubs and then you went and did kind of the Shetland Islands or something. That would be a huge contrast. It's a gear um, change, yeah. Absolutely. But no, I I absolutely loved it. And of course, it rains a lot in Ireland and I I loved that. The happy place. I did have a lovely time, actually. Good. And uh, I went to the Aran Islands. Oh. Which was amazing. And that, that was one of my my favourite quotes. We were talking to a fisherman um, on the beach and I said, what is there to do here in the winter? And he said, fishing and fucking. (laughs) I'll be back. (laughs) Right off my street. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. (laughs) Is there a big thank you? A uh, big thank you. Mm. Well, again, I, I feel bad. Say- no, I don't feel bad. Say- it's a kind of very general big That's thank okay. you. And I, I'd like to say a very general big thank you to women. Because I think women are great. So and um, 
you know, in, a, in kind of so many different ways. I watch quite a lot of news. I watch the 24-hour BBC News channel. Mm-hmm. And they have these shows on late at night and there was a trailer for them. And at the end of this trailer, there was kind of a young Asian woman who was quite tearful. And she says something like, I've come to the the realisation that women will always come second to men and then she starts crying. And I don't know why it just really affected me that. And I mean, I would just like to say that I think women are better than men. I always have. I think women are less complaining. They work much harder. Mm -hmm. They're not as up themselves. Oh God, the Daily Mail's (laughs) coming for me. Anyway, um, so, you know, I just think... um, you know, women have so many kind of unsung, heroic things about them yeah. to recommend them. And um, so I just want to say thanks to them all for actually, on the whole, comparatively speaking, being pretty uncomplaining. And I would imagine that during COVID, the people that have taken the brunt of all the shit yeah. have actually been mainly women mm-hmm. and good on them for getting on with it. And I do actually think there's now a kind of sense of like, you know, that that reaching out and vocalising that and kind of uh, acknowledging that in other women and being like, we've, you know, we've got this and the kind of power of coming together, not in a witchy way, but like in a way that we, we need, I think, but would have historically been perceived as, as witchy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's gradually been developing that, you know, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a good thing because for a long time, you know, a lot of women would go, "Oh, no, I'm not a feminist because I don't have dungarees on and I don't hate all men and want to kill I them." I know. Um unfortunately, I do hate all men and want to kill them. Of course, you know, and I you love dungarees that- too. <laughs> Absolutely, me too. I realise that most women aren't like that, and I'm not like that, really. But, know. you know, I think the tabloids in the 1970s did a brilliant job of rubbishing the word feminist. Yeah. Because they just had so many cartoony portrayals of, of kind of man-hating, mm-hmm. sort of razor-haired women. Yeah. And it's just such a shame, really. But also such a... Um miscommunication because what like it is exactly that it's like feminist equals man hater rather than feminist equals you know equality <laughs> so it's well, kind also, of like and I think yeah feminism it can be what you want can't be, you I always yeah. say you know that there's it's it's not actually one definition it's a continuum so Exa- yeah one end you ha- you maybe do have your your radical left-wing mm-hmm. sort of separatist feminist but at the other he- end you have like a you know, a woman who wears lipstick, nice clothes, yeah. does what she wants, la, la, la. And, and and the problem is, you know, I, I'm i like that end, but I look like the other end. So people <laughs> just kind of get confused, really. <laughs> I love that. But go on, the women. It's go true. We're, women. we're rising up, Joe. We're rising up. They're not even, they're not even going to see it coming. <laughs> and finally, before I let you go, do you have a hashtag blessed moment is this tongue-in-cheek actually the word blessed kind of set me thinking and uh one of my favorite moments I've made a very good friend when I was learning how to play the church organ for a BBC show and uh, I went to practice in a church down um towards Peckham and the uh, the resident priest was this absolutely lovely guy called uh, Father Ray 
And I was practicing sort of on very hot summer days. And every time I went there to practice, at the end of my rehearsal, he'd go to the shop and get us both a magnum. Ever since we've become kind of really, really good friends over the years. And I'm very ambivalent about the church, particularly the institution of the church. And I don't mean any particular religion. I just mean the whole setup, which unevenly gives power to people that shouldn't have it. And that power is abused a lot of the time. Um, And so to meet someone as perfect as him, I mean, and he's done some amazing things in his life. You know, um, he used to kind of just walk around his parish and I... I remember there was a, a guy who was homeless who had cancer and he actually took him into his home and looked after him um, until he died. And that, to me, wow. is what goodness and Christianity or whichever your religion is, is all about. It's not about yeah. having fancy robes or giving speeches at you know a royal wedding. It's about doing good things for people, having empathy and just being a lovely person. Amen to that. Listen, Joe Brand, it's been an absolute treat. Thank you so, so much for um, for chatting to me today. Pleasure. Did I carry on squeaking for quite a long time? No, zero squeaking. squeaking? Creaking has stopped. The old fish oils have kicked in. I remember once (laughs) I used to have a bra and that used to squeak regularly. And people go, what is that squeaking? And it was one of those, you know, underwire ones. And it sounded like a trapped mouse. So I had to get rid of that because it's so embarrassing when you've got a mic on and all it can hear is your poor bra creaking under the weight of your bosoms. And did you admit that it was your creaking bra? No, I'm admitting it now. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Poor Elsa. Sound he's getting absolutely <laughs> hammered from the gallery. <laughs> the fucking creaky. This guy is not going to work here again. We're actually sick of this shit. It's like. <laughs> It's only when Joe laughs. I know. Um, oh, well, listen, thank you. Pleasure. No, it was so nice to talk to you. Big, big thank you to Joe. And as ever, if this has sparked some ideas about what you're thankful for, I would love to hear all about it. So please do drop me a line using the hashtag thanksamillion-trio at Angela Scanlon via Instagram or Twitter. Although, I'm not really going for Twitter these days, am I? But, you know, the odd time. You can also follow Joe, which I suggest you do. She's at I am not Joe Brand. But she is. Now that Series 4 has started, we will be releasing new episodes every week. So do subscribe via Apple Podcasts and Spotify or Google Podcasts or Alexa. And if you are loving the show, please do write us a review. It really, really helps. And tell your friends, tell people you love, tell people you hate, you know, if they're that way inclined. Maybe it'll help them chill out a bit. It helps generally just spread the word for us and I love making this podcast and I like to make more of it. I mean, I'm going to anyway, but ideally just rate it, review it, do whatever. Thank you, I love you, bye. I'm trying to be chill about it, just fucking go rate it. And if you're not already, you can also sign up for my newsletter covering all things wellness and fashion and stuff, depending on the week. It's quite fun. I'm being low-key about it. It's bloody brilliant. Sign up now or you'll regret it. Sorry, that sounded a little bit threatening. I wasn't intending to go there. Finally, do go and check out the brilliant guests that we've had on previous series. There's quite a stonking list of them now and I'm very, very proud of them. And you may or may not have missed our mini pods, which are the thank you nexts of some of our favourite guests. So they're worth a listen and, you know, you can do them while you're going for a long poo. Uh, 
<laughs> Thanks to producer Louise Mason and to you, the listeners. See you next week. Thank you.